0: This podcast is presented by the BetParks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: This is the Go Birds Podcast. Go Birds podcast presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Coming up a little bit later, we're going to talk to Eli Hershkovitz about this weekend's matchup for the NCAA tournament, the Sweet 16. We're going to go through every single game there, but obviously, Elliot, and we will talk about this exclusively tomorrow on our radio show, Saturday on WIP, so chime in, call us at 215-592-9494, uh, but we, we'd be remiss. We're recording a podcast today, it's supposed to be a betting pod, but we got to talk about this freaking trade, Elliot. The Eagles, for those who are living under a rock, have traded the sixth pick in the draft, uh, moving back to the 12th pick with the Miami Dolphins after the Dolphins had traded out of the three pick with the Niners. Two massive trades back to back, obviously kind of working together in tandem. Um, the Eagles move back from six to 12. They pick up, uh, they swap a fourth and a fifth rounder this year. They pick up an extra first rounder next year as well. So theoretically, three first round picks. In 2022, we'll get into the minutiae of it, but but just off the top, what do you think, Elliot? Well, this is the Parks
0: pod, and this is a massive gamble that Howie Roseman talked. Well I mean, done. there's just— yeah, That's, that's you like that?
1: right here. That's why Elliot Short Parks is the best. Hashtag 100. Well done. Thank you. So, look, I think that I have two different reactions to this.
0: It's what I initially thought when I saw the trade, and then it's once I've had some time to think about it. My initial reaction when I saw the trade was, I don't like it. I don't like trading outside of the top 10. I like Jamar Chase and Cal Pitts enough to stay there. This is such an important pick. Like, you have got to get an elite player with this first-round pick. You have to. And I understand the benefits of adding picks and all that. But the bottom line is moving from 6 to 12 makes it harder to get that pick right. Maybe they move back up. Who knows? But chances are they aren't moving up past 6. I would think the only way they move up now is if the night of the draft someone falls and they move to like 9 or 10. But they're probably not moving up anything significant.
1: regardless. And, And real quick, just with moving up one spot or two, the two picks right in front of them now are the Giants and the Cowboys. So... You know, yeah, it limits, theoretically limits the idea of hopping up and maybe you jump ahead of them. But, you know,
0: yeah. So I, I don't like it is my initial read on it. Now, when I take some time to think about it for more than a few minutes and which is what the Eagles have done. Right. This is obviously something they thought about for a very long time. I get the logic of adding a pick. Next year. Like three first round picks in a draft is is no small thing. I mean, if assuming Carson plays 75% of his snaps in Indianapolis, they're gonna have three picks in 2022. That is huge. That is like almost where you can trade up to wherever you want to, you can do whatever you want, you can get three guys on rookie deals in the first round. Like that's massive. And then when you combine the cap space they have next offseason, that's big too. So once again, this sets up twenty twenty two to be just huge for the Eagles, right? But ultimately where I come down on the trade is is it's all going to come down to the evaluations. If they go back to 12 and they take Jalen Waddell and he ends up being a stud receiver, then this is going to look amazing. If they go to 12 and they take Patrick Sertain, then this will look amazing. But if you trade down and Jamar Chase ends up being the next Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts is the next Travis Kelsey, right? And then you don't get an absolute stud at number 12, this is it's risky. So ultimately, I get the logic, but man, they have better get get these draft picks right because if you move down and then you you pass on someone, like it's it's just really bad. So. I get the logic, but my gut is I just I don't like it.
1: Yeah, I don't like it either. And that was my gut. And that's where I'm at. Like I, I agree with you. I do I understand. Look, and, and I've been the one who's been harping on the fact that this team has no young talent. They're bereft of it. Like the whole point of, of this year, and really in my mind, the next couple of years is to restock that young talent. So I understand adding high quality draft picks is is a smart thing for a team to do. I, I get it. I'm not—I don't think this is the worst move of all time or whatever, but I'm just with you in the sense that, like, they need a stud, man. They need a blue-chip impact player who is a difference-maker in the NFL, and by moving from 6 to 12—and look, you might get a guy like that at 12, of course it happens, but in this draft, the way this draft seems to shake out— it really does feel like you've you've kind of limited yourself to getting one of those. It short, feels top heavy. Yeah, it feels like that. Like we talked about, the Chase, the Pitts, the Sewell type guys are are a notch above Waddle, Smith, whoever's going to fall to twelve. And you might not even get those guys at twelve. Maybe you're talking about Sertain. Maybe you're talking about Caleb Farley. Maybe you're talking about Slater. Like you know, it's not. It and look, maybe those guys turn into a great player, but you, I just feel like you had such a chance to draft a guy who is a difference maker who can really move your team forward in a way that they, they need. They need those guys. So so I I don't love it. I really don't love it. But again, like you said, having three first-round picks next year is interesting. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this. And again, we're going to talk way more about this tomorrow. Check out our show, uh, 1 o'clock, on WIP tomorrow. This will be the topic. We will be talking about this, And I'm sure, next yes. week. And this is not the end. But, but um, quickly, since we have a ton of time on this pod to talk about this today, I want to get your thoughts on my when i first heard the trade my first thought was don't love it uh, you know i said a little goodbye to the dream of jamar chase which you know i've had for a very long time very sad time. Yeah. The, the the and look I'm, i guess it's better than draft night and chase is on the board and they don't take him and that's that gut wrenching and went through that last year um but you know i've i've really dreamed li- literally of, of seeing jamar chase in an eagles uniform and i'm i'm super bummed about that specific thing but my second thought was oh, okay, so they're at least saying Jalen Hurts is the guy, right? Like, that's at least the takeaway. And then Ian Rappaport comes out a few minutes after the trade's announced and says that the Eagles tried to trade up the three, but didn't do it because they couldn't guarantee they could get Zach Wilson. So clearly, they were in on Zach Wilson and wanted Zach Wilson. And then I step and think, I'm like, all right, well, they have three first-round picks next year now. Like, and we've talked about where we stand on the Deshaun Watson thing, but if – if it plays out in a positive way for him, you know, all the issues, if that gets cleared up, I mean, does this mean they're in on Deshaun Watson? Does this mean maybe they're trying for Russell Wilson? Like, what is your takeaway from having three first-round picks next year, and and seemingly, Hurts is the guy this year, but the news that they tried to trade up for Wilson, the news that they've been all in on Watson, how do you read that part of this? I think,
0: ultimately, this is bad news for Jalen Hurts.
1: Now, Jalen Hurts can still win the job. I think
0: that you know, they seem to be just high enough on Jalen Hurts that they'll give him a chance, but clearly not high enough where they're not looking for replacements. Now, to be fair, they drafted Jalen Hurts when they had Carson Wentz. So like they are always to a certain degree looking for a replacement. I know that he wasn't viewed that way at the time, but regardless, my point is like they say they're a quarterback factory. They they back it up, right? Like they are all about that quarterback life. Like they are all about it. So Had they traded up for Zach Wilson, I think that just means flat out they think Zach Wilson's a better option than Jalen Hurts. I don't think it means they don't think Jalen Hurts can't be a good quarterback. They just view Zach Wilson as a better option. So ultimately what it comes down to is Jalen Hurts' job is on thin ice. He can win it. Like, if he plays well this year, if he makes it to week one and they don't trade for Deshaun Watson, or, you know, God forbid, and maybe we get in this more on Saturday, but like Mac Jones at 12, just... Putting that into oh, the universe dude, is something Oh, dude, I that hadn't even terrible. thought, but Elliot, if, if J- what are you doing to me? If Jalen Hurts can make it to week one, I think they would be more than open to him winning the job. They like him personally, all that They're gonna stuff. They're going to take Mac Jones, But it's going right. to be tough They're for him take, to get there. This
1: is good. The, the Mac Jones thing is happening now. I
0: I, 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 it's, yeah. I can so see. So it. actually, I texted Ike Reese yesterday. We were talking about the Flacco thing. And we're like, well, it doesn't really match Jalen Hurts' game. It's a, That's weird from that respect, I'm like,
1: well, you know whose game he does match. <laughs> oh, buddy.
0: So I like don't I, think that's that, what no they're No wonder Joe I Flacco said surprised. he's
1: not going to mentor Jalen Hurts because he's already ready to mentor Mac Jones.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think if the, if like if they've identified Mac Jones as their quarterback, I think they would just take him at six. To be honest, I don't I think, think they so would trade I, down. I, 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 don't they, I don't think they.
1: I don't think I agree with you because there's a chance it goes in the top ten. People like Mac Jones, so yeah. I, I, so I, agree I don't think you. that's what it is. I don't but, either. It's just it would be that would be so Eagles. But I do
0: think, like, out outside what me and you think about Deshaun Watson, like, they are primed to get Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. I mean, like, they have the assets to go do this stuff. A pick this year, three picks next year. They could trade for a franchise quarterback and be picking in the first round again by 2023. Like, that's, that's you know, that's not a long time to go without it if you get that guy. So I, I think that Jalen Hurts' job is on thin ice. It's his. I think they like him enough. But it's very clear that they are open to looking at other options.
1: Yeah. I, I, that's – I. I... I think he nailed it. I agree with everything he said. I do think that in Howie's mind, he's trying to get a Deshaun Watson type. And, again, the Deshaun Watson situation is so murky right now. We don't know. And as we said when we talked about it, like, I'm sure the Eagles and their investigators and all this type of stuff, I'm sure they know more than we do. I'm sure any NFL team knows more than we do. Um, but even still, you know, that's, as we talked about it, it feels like it's a tough tough ask to trade for deshaun watson right now in the middle of all this but it does feel like it does feel like he's compiling picks for that purpose uh for a certain or to move up next year right right i'm talking about for a quarterback for a quarterback exactly but i i think that the the reason of stock buying picks is for a quarterback in one form or another that's what it feels like to me
0: agreed i think that's what this is and then if jalen hurts ends up being the guy, then look, they got a plethora of picks that they yep. can surround him with, but they are banking up to find their quarterback. It could be Jalen, but they are obviously open to it
1: being somebody else. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think, you know, this is not a good day for Jalen Hurts as the the future of no, the Eagles. I, I, I think that's one of the main takeaways. And, man, the Niners are going to get Justin Fields, and this most underrated guy in this draft gonna is going to really go with there. Kyle Shanahan, yeah. and they're going to be awesome. Just, just say it. Yeah. Just get ready. Justin Fields... And Kyle Shanahan is going to be special, and it's going to suck. Just saying. Just Agreed. Saying. We, yeah, both, agree. we both agree on that. Um, all right, we're going to get to Eli in just a sec. Any final thoughts on this trade before and again? Tomorrow, Saturday, whenever you're listening, is Saturday, March 27th at 1 o'clock on WIP. You can listen online, listen with the Radio.com app. We will be talking about this trade in depth, and you can call us and talk about it with us. Uh, e- uh, Elliot, any final thoughts on this move before we get to Eli?
0: Yeah, the one thing I'll have people think about before the show tomorrow is this is another sign that Howie Roseman has a ton of job security. So I'll leave that
1: there. No, that's a a really good point, Elliot. That's a really good point. Right?
0: Like, to trade down, you pass on a guy at six, you add the picks next year. Like, anything's possible. Who knows? But I would say the chances of Howie Roseman being the general manager in 2022 and making the picks that he just traded for are extremely high.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's a really, really good point. All right. Coming up in a minute. We're going to talk to Eli Hershkovitz. Eli went 4-0 on our pod last week. We're literally going to go through all eight games Saturday and Sunday this weekend, the Sweet 16 games. He will give us his thoughts on every single one of those games. And you can bet on every single one of those games on the Parks Casino Sportsbook app. My guys at the Parks Casino Sportsbook app, the official sportsbook partner of the real Philly Sports fan, the only sportsbook app based right here in the Delaware Valley, and the only one that Elliot and I recommend. What a weekend it's gonna be. Will the magic continue oh, yes. for all the underdogs? As we are only left with eight teams after this weekend's tournament games are played pretty crazy after the first round. We're gonna ultimately be left with four teams. Come Tuesday, all weekend long, games all day, all night. It's the best time to get in on the action. The Parks Sportsbook app has an incredible offer, and they make it so easy. Right now, new customers can sign up and get a free $50 sports bet with no deposit required. That is hard to believe. Check out the Parks Sportsbook app for a complete list of all the action, plus the live in-game play-by-play betting, which Elliot and I have talked about a A bunch. It's a rush, Elliot, right? The in-game betting is a rush. Well, we talked about a little bit, uh,
0: you know, with last week in the live betting and stuff. Like, I got in on a live bet on an underdog, and... I thought I felt great about it. It didn't work out, but it was a rush to do at the time. I was
1: very convinced I was a genius when I played. Me too. It. Me too. And 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 it didn't work out for me either. But it I, did not. No. You, it could work out for you. That's the beautiful thing. It will work out. Honestly, I like. We to take see, the L's for you. Exactly. We lose so you can win. And if you like fantasy sports, you're gonna love the parks futures bets, the player prop bets, the game prop bets available. On the Casino Sportsbook app, do it now. New customers, again, that free $50 sports bet, no deposit required. Make your first bet, futures bet, or live in-game bet, spread, teaser, or parlay. We love those parlays. A free $50 sports bet for new customers. Again, no deposit required. Casino Sportsbook app gives you the home field advantage. Download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S. To get that bet, again, it's parkscasino.com slash PA. And again, our promo code GOBIRDS. This is a great deal. Do it now. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER-BET with the home team. Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Download the app right now. Bet on these games. And guess what? We're going to talk to a man who's going to help you get some winners this weekend. Mm. Here he is, the one, the only, Eli Hershkovitz. All right. It is our distinct pleasure to welcome back a man who went—I don't know—undefeated with his picks on the show last week, a four-and-zero spot. We're going to try and recreate that again. He is the host of the BetQLU College Betting Podcast. Our good buddy, the one, the only, Mister Eli Hershkovitz. Eli, you there, Eli? I lose you. Oh, there you are. There we go. All right, we're back.
2: We're back and ready to go. I that was t- a you.
1: triumphant return right there.
2: <laughs> exactly. Got to have a dramatic pause. Yes. But, James, I love the intro. Really appreciate it. But once again, I have a bone to pick with Oh, uh, Here we go. Here all we go. I get over the weekend are text messages with pictures of your parlays. When we told yes. you last week, no more parlays.
1: Yeah, we're did. pretty bummed I mean, look, about here's it. Here's the
0: thing. It's, to be fair. It's just, it's a sickness. I can't i can't stop. Me and James were putting them together all week. We did hit on one of the parlays, which included two of your picks, two of our picks, so equally well done. Um, and then you know what? We weren't as good the second few days, but frankly, Eli, talking about Bones to pick, Mister, I thought, you know, you, you go 4-0 and the first few games, and then Ohio, absolutely terrible pick in the second round. That cost me one of my parlays. If I'm <laughs> not mistaken, you were 0 on the other one as well. So, yes, the yeah. parlays were not a good call for me. It is a sickness I have. But, you know, I think you should hold some blame as well. Otherwise, I'd be celebrating three straight days of successful <laughs>
2: parlays. You know what, Mr. Elliott Shore Parks? I went 7-2. and 7-2. and good. Wow.
0: It's good. It's not 9-0, and but it's very good.
2: Uh, Yeah, that's very true. I would also like to (laughs) pick another bone because Elliot texts me saying, my hero, in regards to me coming on Skype today, I say forever and always, and I get no response back.
0: Well, you know what? Speaking of no responses, it's kind of like how we were supposed to record on Mm -hmm. Thursday, but since, (laughs) you know— Mr. Big Time Eli March Man, uh, you know, the, the the man himself cannot uh you're a busy man this time. But look, as always, we just appreciate you taking the time. We know that yeah. this is your time of year. We are below you, obviously, as we could tell by the fact that you canceled I mean, on us on Thursday. Big time we're is Friday. the
1: phrase. The phrase is we got big timed by Eli. I would
0: accept it. But here's what I would say <laughs> to everybody listening. Last week, if you didn't write the first four picks, if you didn't write the four picks he gave us down, you literally cost yourself money because he was four and oh. So now. The one benefit to waiting until Friday is the lines. I guess you know you have an extra day to kind of look at them to see where they're gonna land. The games are tomorrow. But to everybody listening, write the picks down because Eli's getting ready to hopefully hand
1: out some wins. There we go. All right, well, let's dive in. We're gonna go through every single game. Eight games this weekend, eight and oh. Obviously, there'll be more games, but eight games we know the lines to right now. Let's dive in. We're gonna uh, you can find any of these lines on the Parks Casino sportsbook app. Obviously, download the app, bet on these games with us. Let's start with the first game of the weekend, Saturday at 2.40, uh, uh, Eli. We have Oregon State versus Loyola, the Sister Jeans, Loyola of Chicago. Uh, Loyola, six-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, Eli. What do you think of this one?
2: Don't get me started, James, on Sister Jean. I love her. Oh, man. She's, she's great. She's great. But the media has portrayed her during Loyola's two last tournament runs to be more important than the players. So just putting mm. that out there for a second for people uh, So you're
0: to saying she's consume. not, because
1: I, I would, I'm I would a, argue, I'm you know. I have a quick
0: Loyola, Loyola thing, too. Uh, Eli, just so you know, me and James bet the Loyola money line and won it. So yeah, did. get at us. We Go did. Now, continue.
2: I'm impressed. You bet it, You bet the money line against Illinois.
0: We did. Yep. Yeah,
2: no, they were really impressive in that game. They blitzed every single ball screen. Cam Crotwig was able to handle Kofi Coburn, which I do not think was going to happen. And he held, the, he held his own on both ends of the floor. So that was really impressive. But back to this matchup against Oregon State. Only chance Oregon State has to hang around is by playing their style of offense. Play more in the half court. Both teams want to slow down the tempo, but Oregon State more so with their point guard, Ethan Thompson, they want to get to the free throw line. 35 free throw attempts, and that went over Oklahoma State and Kate Cunningham in the second round, round of 32 of the NCAA tournament. But here's the problem, guys. Loyola Mm. Chicago does not give up a lot of free throws. They are bottom 10 in the country in opponents scoring right from the free throw line. So where the opponent gives up the majority of their points from. And the opposition, Loyola Chicago, does not give up a lot of points to their opponent from the line. I have a hard time seeing Oregon State sticking around in this game if Loyola Chicago's defense is dominating and their offense is super efficient in the half court with Crutwig. But I will say... From a number standpoint, I think this line is a little bit inflated based off the Illinois win, and the market is coming back on Loyola. Books know they could price this thing at minus 6.5, minus 6, and money is still going to come in on the Ramblers. Even though it's a tough matchup for Oregon State, I would lean towards the Beavers just based off the number. But, hey, Elliot, if you want to throw in a money line parlay and you want to put the Ramblers in it, I don't hate it.
0: Okay, okay. What about the under really quick? Because it seemed like you were talking about not a lot of points here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do have a lean towards the under in this game. Not going to bet it, but I, I do think that's the way to go. First half under, second half under. The full or the full game under is just tough because of the way the final minute can go, the way the final two minutes can go with fouls and teams fouling. I've had so many games this year, a couple unders, where a team is down by 11 with 17 seconds left, and they cost me the, the total because they foul with, yeah. with the game already iced up. So I, I guess from that perspective – If you want to go with an under, maybe first half under would be the look. But these are two pretty solid defenses, especially with the Ramblers, what they could do. And then also on top of that, like I mentioned, both teams want to play at an ultra slow snail pace tempo. So if it is a slow moving game, which it pans out to be, the under would be a good look.
1: All right, let's move on to the next game of the day. A little local flavor, Villanova. Two easy wins for Nova. Uh, Probably not as easy in this one. They're a seven and a half point dog against one of the, Two one seeds left in Baylor. What do you think about this one?
2: Yeah, I've been really impressed with Jay Wright because, and I actually put this on Twitter last week, I think this is Jay Wright's best coaching job. And I think Mm -hmm. Elliot will also like that because it's a hot take. But yeah, uh, you got some good interaction on that one. Well done. Thank you, sir. Thank you. But back to yes, yeah, so you go back to those two titles, I get it. Like Villanova wins two championships. How how was one of those years, especially the first time around when they were a two seed or something like that? How is that not Wright's best coaching job? Well, Villanova lost its starting point guard a week, a week and a half before the tournament in Colin Gillespie. So that's something to take note there because Jay Wright has had to adjust, completely adjust Villanova's rotations before the tournament less than two weeks before the dance got underway. That's impressive. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is playing the point forward position, which he's never played in college basketball, essentially acting like a point guard from that high elbow spot. That's an adjustment. You have guys like Brian Antoine, a former five-star that couldn't play a lick of defense this year, and especially last year. He played defense, and he came up bait to kind of get them back into the game in the in the, in the early part of the first half against North Texas in the second round, and then Villanova ends up blowing them in the second half. It's all impressive, but it comes with a caveat because – Baylor is one of the best three-point shooting teams in college basketball, and you would think that number would dip down at some point, but it just never did, and they were on a three-week COVID Mm -hmm. layoff, too, so you got to keep that into perspective, but with with Jared Butler, with Davion Mitchell, with Macy O'Teague, with that shooting from the outside, if Baylor shoots threes like they should, Villanova's perimeter defense is very weak. That's the weakest part of their defense. Baylor should romp Nova. I'm not going to lay the points. I usually don't lay three possessions, but... A Loyola Chicago Baylor moneyline parlay. Don't hate it. All
1: right, uh, next. Okay. Okay. I like that. I'm in. I'm moneyline parlays. I think we need to do more of those, Elliot. Instead of yeah, you know, the taking word the parlay the
0: catches my attention. <laughs> <too>. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, I know where you're going on this one, Eli, because I heard your BetQL minute update on WIP, but I'll let everyone else hear why you like the points in this one. Oral Roberts against Arkansas Parks has it as Oral Roberts is plus eleven and a half in this one, Eli.
2: Yeah, grab the points. Grab the points with the Golden Eagles. I mentioned this is this was one of my best bets last week with Oral Roberts catching 15 against Ohio State in the first round. One of the worst defenses in the country the Buckeyes had and, and Golden Eagles end up winning that game outright in overtime and then beating Florida coming back from a double-digit deficit in that game to get to the Sweet Six team. The most impressive part of that Ohio State win and the Florida win to get back into the game was Oral Roberts defense because This was a team that was one of the worst defensive teams in college basketball defensively throughout the season. So if you look at their standard metrics, they're bottom 80, bottom 70 in mostly every category from a full season standpoint. But they have guys that could switch one through five, which creates mismatches on that end of the floor. And even though they're a little undersized, the fact that any of their guys can guard any position on the court, again, creates that mismatch. We talked about Loyola Chicago when the Ramblers made it to the final four three or four years ago, that's exactly what they did. They had a five-man lineup that can guard one through five, and they could they could switch everything at the other end because the older guys could hit threes. Same thing with mm-hmm. Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts can shoot threes at a very high clip, top 10 in the country in three-point scoring rate. Arkansas has a bottom 100 three-point scoring rate, opponent's three-point scoring rate, so that means Arkansas gives up a lot of points from three. Oral Roberts is going to have a tough time contending on the glass in this game. But if Max Acemas comes to play, and they've had five days off since the Florida win and the Ohio State win before that, so they should be pretty well-rested. Kevin O'Banner, who had a big couple games as well in the Ohio State win and the Florida win. If those two guys show up and Oral Roberts' defense is able to, again, switch everything against, yes, a super-athletic Arkansas team, but still a team that's gotten off to slow starts in the tournament, I think Oral Roberts hangs around in this game. I wouldn't be surprised. If or Roberts won this game, wow. all right, I'm not Ooh. telling anybody to take it on the money line. No, 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 I'm not taking saved. the money line.
0: I'm taking the money line. I'm doing it. If you it. want
2: to put a a sprinkle, like, it, like a, a sector of a sprinkle on or Roberts, fine. But take the points. That's the much safer route and the much better route to go. Because this could be a double-digit win, 9.8-point win for Arkansas as well.
1: Yeah, I, I love this one, too. I actually have two favorites this week. Not that I know... You know, one one millionth as much as you do. But this next game that we're going to discuss is my other favorite. And I won't tell you which way. I want to see if you're on the same side as me or if I should reconsider everything I'm thinking. <laughs> Syracuse versus Houston. Q's a six and a half point dog in this one. Which one do you like in this one, Eli?
2: Yeah, I, I've i been really impressed with Syracuse.
1: Yes! Give it to me, Eli. Give it oh to boy. me.
2: Oh boy. Oh boy. But.
1: Oh,
0: oh, oh man.
1: No! Yeah,
0: sorry.
1: <laughs> no! <laughs> You built yourself up oh, so much there. I was you excited there. I was excited. I love cues <laughs> in this game. I love it.
2: All right. So let's go back to the first two games for Syracuse of the tournament. They beat San Diego State. They they womp San Diego State. And they, they crush West Virginia for the most part in the first half. And then Mountaineers come back in the second half. Almost had a shot to tie it. But McBride travels on a on a on just a weird play to end the game. And then the, uh, Syracuse inbounds the ball game over.
0: Oh, trust me, we remember every second of
1: that
2: finish, Eli, don't worry. Oh, I'm sure sure you do. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Both of those teams give up a lot of threes. A lot of threes. Their perimeter defense is two of the below average perimeter defenses in college basketball. But here's the thing with Houston. They guard the perimeter tight. They pressure the ball tight around the arc. You go to the other side of the ball. If Houston's perimeter defense comes to play and they rebound the ball like they should, Houston is one of the best game rebounding teams in college basketball. And what does that mean? Houston is undersized. They have two pretty big, uh, good bigs in Justin Gorham. They have a big in Cheney from Arkansas, and they have another guy that tours ACL at the beginning of the year and is back now in Fabian White. They crash the glass. That's what Calvin Sampson teams are known for. Houston rebounds well offensively. Syracuse does not from out of that 2-3 zone. If Houston's able to dominate the offensive glass, which it should, if Houston's able to shoot well from three against a Syracuse defense that is susceptible to the perimeter shot because of the zone, which should happen. If Dejan Giroux off that hip injury played 30-plus minutes against Rutgers but didn't look super effective, had to get it iced a ton during the game, wasn't like laterally as quick as you would, would see Giroux normally. If he looks good, I don't care what Syracuse and how they play in the first portion of that game. I'm not going to lay it with with uh, with Houston, James. So I do want to say that. But I am looking about Houston live. I want to get Houston at minus one or better. I think they win this game outright. But if you want to take the points, I don't hate it. I'm just not going to go with the full game side in that matter.
1: Yeah, no, I like the points. So I'm with you on that. All right, let's get, uh, rifle through these Sunday games. we got four games to get through. Let's plow through them. Uh, Creighton versus Gonzaga. Gonzaga, 13-point favorite. Have. Covered both big spreads they've had so far. Do they do it again?
0: So, I have one quick confession about Gonzaga. Sorry. Just so uh, Eli was texting me. We were texting prior to Gonzaga game last time, and he's like, All right, I like the, I like, uh, who was it? Oklahoma <laughs> to cover, right? So, I'm like, All right, I put just a, a few shekels on the cover. But then I'm like, You know what? If he thinks they could cover, I, I didn't text you this, Eli. I put a few shekels on the money line. And I
1: told uh, you yeah. to take Gonzaga with the points, and I. You did. Thank you. you. Did. And Eli thank was wrong. Yes. Hold so. on a
0: second here. Just Hold a few on. college experts, ba- basketball experts talking here. <laughs> Oklahoma was down by nine with two minutes left. Gonzaga went on an 8 1
2: run of the final two minutes. And they also, Oklahoma had a flagrant one foul, which was really dumb. Awful call. I don't know if I could swear on this podcast, so We're I spending I... too
1: much time. Ta- you could, but we're spending too much time on Oklahoma. <laughs> Who cares? It doesn't matter. You know what? <laughs> what do you think Let's of Gonzaga? Ahead. Gonzaga Hell, Creighton, 13 call points.
0: Out. I got to call him out right back. But yeah, <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. I just had to let you. I had to confess I did the money line thing. That's it. I just had to get it All off right, my mind. All right, Gonzaga Creighton,
1: 13-point favorite. What do we think?
2: <laughs> All right, so I lean towards Gonzaga in this game. You're not getting any sort of a discount for Creighton coming off the the win and the cover against Ohio. If that game was a little tighter, if the Bobcats covered, if they had you know better legs throughout that game, they were just gassed. You could tell off that Virginia win. Then maybe you get a 14 points, Maybe that's a buy point for Creighton or 14 and a half, but this is just not not enough points to take with the Blue Jays. They don't have the size to disrupt Gonzaga down low like Oklahoma did through a lot of that first half. Gonzaga just controlled the tempo in the latter part of the first half and then in the second half. So as good as Creighton could shoot it, unless Zagorowski and Ballack shoot well, like shoot dominantly from three. We're talking Creighton's got to shoot 45, 50 percent. To to uh, to win this game outright, or or even keep this thing within two possessions, even though we're we're talking about a four possession spread or just above that, I'm not gonna uh, take the points here. All
1: right, Florida State versus Michigan. I said before, two one seeds. There are three. That's my bad. Michigan, the third, the final one seed player of the weekend. They're only a two and a half point favorite against Florida State. That seems light, Eli.
2: Yeah, yeah. Bet the. Uh, this is my second bet of the Sweet 16 card. Bet the Knowles. This is a great matchup for Florida State. I didn't see
0: that one coming. Really? You thought I'd go Michigan? I did. So tell us why. All right. Florida State's
2: athleticism should really fluster this Michigan offense. Here's the deal. This comes down to turnovers. Florida State has racked up 55 turnovers in its last three games. Mm. That is not a made-up stat. They turned it over 25 times in the ACC Tournament Championship game against Georgia Tech. But here's, here's the thing with Michigan. They don't turn you over. They are bottom in the bottom 10 of college basketball in opponents' turnover percentage. As bad as Florida State could be with the ball, they're not going to get pressured with the ball in their hands. And as good of a coach as Dewan Howard is, I don't see him adjusting to that nature in this game. So if Florida State can you know, play in the half court pretty freely, even with those loose ball handlers, if they could turn Michigan over, and Michigan without Isaiah Levers brought this up to you guys last week, Isaiah Levers has the stress fracture in his right foot. If Michigan's relying on Eli Brooks and Shondi Brown, as much as they did in that LSU game, LSU should have covered the game. The ref took a three point play off the board with cam Thomas for an offensive Agreed. foul. That wasn't there. What was you say? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was an awful call. So that would have been a three point game with three minutes to go. Maybe Michigan doesn't cover that spread. I think you're getting a little bit of value, maybe like a half a point extra, a hook off Florida State because of that. This line was as high as three earlier in the week. But if, if Florida State swarms Michigan's ball handlers, like I think they do with Scotty Barnes, polite, two of the better guys in terms of steals per game, turnover, opponents turnover rate in college basketball. And those bigs fluster Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson, a really good offensive big for Michigan. I think Florida State wins this game outright, but I'll take the two and a half.
1: Love it. All right, two more to go. UCLA versus Alabama. UCLA impressive so far, but they are a six and a half point dog against Bama. Is that too many points, Eli?
2: It's not, because if Alabama's on from three, they should win this game outright. Maybe Maybe it's a point too high. The line opened at around five, five and a half. So clearly the market's coming on Alabama. But UCLA has like a bottom 110 opponents' three-point scoring rate. That means they give up a lot of threes. Again, they a majority of their opponents' points come from behind the arc. If Alabama's able to play at their tempo, they're going to disrupt UCLA offensively, even though the Bruins don't turn it over a lot. We saw it against Maryland, a similar defense, even though UCLA does not play that Terps matchup zone. If Alabama's speeding up and down the floor, getting open looks for Petty, Shackelford, Quinterly, who has really transformed down the stretch here in terms of being a better two-way player for Nate Oates. Alabama is elite defensively, and it's crazy because Alabama plays at this such high tempo that you don't expect a team that plays so fast to be that good defensively because there are more possessions in the game, but they're top three in adjusted defensive efficiency and a lot of other defensive metrics. I think Alabama wins this one by more than seven, so seven or more which cover the spread, but I would much rather... Here's my favorite parlay of the week. I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> oh, believe. thank God. I'm putting this <laughs> down. Go ahead. Baylor money line tied into the Bama money line. That's a good two-way parlay. My favorite two-way parlay. Uh, two-leg wow, parlay. a of soft the parlay. Two legs. You Why probably haven't...
1: don't even get even... Does it get to even odds there or not quite? Probably close not to even Not quite.
2: Odds. How about yeah. one more? We'll throw Loyola in there.
0: Okay. Okay. Ah!
1: All right, now, we're, money like now we're talking. All right, last... Also,
0: really quick, before last game, just want to get this out there. UCLA's trash. They're going to get mollywopped by Alabama. Okay, well, well, game. all
1: right. next game. Last game, uh, Elliot's favorite team of the tournament. He told me he thinks they're winning it all. Oregon. Yeah, I did. Put a few oh, on them. Oregon, ahead. a two-point dog <laughs> against USC. Is, is Elliot going to be happy after this one, Eli? I,
2: I do like Oregon in this game. I don't know if they're winning it at all. I would love to... If they were getting... I don't know if you guys will have me back on next week, but if they're getting close to double digits against Gonzaga and Oregon wins this game, take the points. Just take the points, mm-hmm. take the opening line. Don't wait because the market is going to drive that down if Oregon knocks off USC because of the market perception of USC. So, Trojans beat Kansas. Dominate Kansas. 30 plus points. They run that zone. Marcus Garrett, Bill Self had no idea what he was doing in that game. He didn't really have any other choice, though. He threw Marcus Garrett onto Evan Mobley, a top two pick in the upcoming M- NBA draft, saying, okay, maybe maybe Mobley gets his and USC, their, their other guys don't do anything against our defense. Well, USC went on to shoot an incredible clip from three, and they dominate that game. Oregon, though, presents a mismatch for USC's defense because if Andy Enfield's team wants to go to his zone, Oregon will rip you apart from three. If you want to play man-to-man, if Oregon's defense is able to set up, which I think it will be able to, and they're able to pressure the ball against this USC backcourt, Oregon will get to the rim in transition with Chris Duarte, Will Richardson, and LJ Figueroa, and even Omori, one of their bigs. When these two teams matched up in the latter part of conference play, their only matchup of the season, USC got up to a double-digit lead in the first, I think it was the first media timeout. Uh, Edie was hitting a couple threes peterson hit a couple threes uh two of their guards if you if usc dominates from the get-go oregon will not be able to set up that two three zone patented Dana altman zone matchup zone and that press but i don't see the game starting like it did oregon is clicking on all cylinders this is becoming the kind of team that was expected to be a top 10 team top 15 team at the beginning of the season i think oregon yep. wins this game i'll take the points
1: all right, I like it. Yes, follow him, the host of BetQLU College Basketball Betting Podcast, on Twitter at Eli Hershkovitz. We will have him back, of course, to preview the Final Four next week. Eli, thanks, brother. We really appreciate it, man. Of course, guys. Fuck you, Elliot. But have a good
0: rest. Of <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm texting all my parlays now after that. So yeah, Eli, you <laughs> rule. That was, was awesome. That's now. the
1: best out we've ever had. <laughs> I bet right, I can do that give that
2: to you guys. Thanks, Eli. I have a good one, guys.
1: Awesome. Awesome stuff from Eli. I, I, Elliot, uh, have you ever spoken to another human being who can talk as in depth about college basketball as that guy? Because I haven't.
0: So last week, after we had Eli on, uh, I think it was, I forget who texted who, but we're, I, I said something about, like, 800 players, right? Yo, No, you said you thought Eli could name 800 college basketball players. Yes. And for a second, I thought you said you could. And I'm like, come on, man. There's no, <laughs> no way you can name 800 yeah, I college was like, basketball players. I
1: can name players.
0: none. I can name, like, three. But after listening to Eli for a second week in a row, I think he could legitimately name
1: Thank 800. You. Almost, I would bet, like, 90% of the players in this tournament. I know. I know. It's unbelievable. I mean, he's talking. it he knows the players, the defenses, the coaches, the, the all of it. It's it's super impressive. So clearly he knows what he's talking about. Clearly he gave us some winners last week. So go out, make some bets on the Park City Sportsbook app. Win some money. Elliot, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
0: Yeah, just the really quick thing I, w- I would say is, eye test, we talked about it. I think Oregon is very good. Gonzaga I'm not sold on. So those would be like my eye test things. UCLA is definitely trash. But again, like I legitimately had so much fun betting the games last week. I'm super pumped. It's probably healthy that there was a four or five day break for me, so that's <laughs> me too, good yes. to, to take some time. But I'm very ready. And shout out to everyone that's been DMing us their picks. It's been fun to like talk about games with all you guys. So uh, yeah, excited for the weekend to start. Excited to have Go Birds Radio back on Saturday. It's been killing me that we haven't been in there. And then Howie goes and gives us some content for the show. Like I'm, I'm just assuming my house doesn't blow over in this wind. I'm very excited. It's <laughs> the new uh, fear, Saturday. right?
1: The wind's the new fear. We got rain. We got snow. Yeah. We got wind. Now
0: it actually does more damage than rain. Rain is just scary because of my basement. Wind is scary because it could force me to sell my you can't, house.
1: Can't catch a break, Elliot. You can't catch a.
0: Break. Uh, unreal. It's seventy outside. It's sunny. I'm excited for the weekend, and here I am updating the weather thing to see how many <laughs> oh, man. miles per hour the wind gusts are. It looks like if we're listening to this, uh, you know, by four or five o'clock on Friday,
1: it should slow down a little send bit. Send Elliot some love. He needs it. Please do. Please. And my final thought is exactly what he said. Listen to us tomorrow, one, one o'clock on WIP. We will dive into this trade even more and, uh, and have some fun this weekend. I know Elliot and I are, uh, send us your bets. Elliot and I, despite what Eli says, We'll definitely be doing some more parlays this weekend. I can't, it's a rush. Whatever. I don't care. Oh, without it's a question. Rush. I mean, it's a, and on. I always okay. say, like, the main point of this for me personally is I have so much more fun watching these games because of the Park Sino Sportsbook app, because of putting some shekels on it. Hashtag shekel season. So have some fun with you know, us. Yeah, this. It's a blast. Yeah, right. exactly.
0: We right. will be back. Look forward to seeing what you guys win this weekend.
1: Tomorrow, 1 o'clock on WIP. And then, of course, next week. Until then, he's Elliot M. James. We'll talk to you guys soon.